0: Welcome to Everything Yesterday This Morning, a 15 to 20 minute daily recap of headlines you may have missed. Come for the news, stay for the snarky commentary. Good morning and welcome to Monday's edition of Everything Yesterday This Morning. I'm your host, Literally Heather. I apologize that I took a little bit of a hiatus last week um, you guys are just gonna have to deal with that as we go through this uh, last quarter of the year. It's my busiest time at my real job, and <clears throat> with everything that was going on with the election, there was just not enough time to fully write a show for you guys. So with that being said, hopefully I'm back for this week. Um, the impression of the world cryptocurrency world of cryptocurrency that I get is a love, hate world. Either you're on board and you play the game or you are not and you make fun of those who do. I think the concept is good, and I like the idea of decentralizing government control over money. But I'm starting to believe that perhaps precious metals and bartering intangible goods and services is the only way that we're going to um, be able to do that decentralization. Um, The last debacle, latest debacle with FTX is a good example of why I believe that. Please note, I am not a crypto bro, and I only understand enough to be dangerous. In addition to that, in today's day and age, much of the information that we receive about things is exaggerated or outright inaccurate. I am going to do my best to explain what has unfolded and has been discovered since Friday. Sam Bankman fried or SBF as many call him, is the founder of FTX, and he also controlled a crypto hedge fund called Alameda Research, or Alameda Research, which has magically disappeared off the face of the internet. SBF has had a meteoric rise to rubbing elbows with some of the most elite names in the world, with an altruistic nice guy persona, the most generous man in the world, in fact. The problem, though, is his personal crypto token FTX was basically a Ponzi scheme. He used this Ponzi token, or shitcoin as they call them, as collateral to borrow billions of dollars that he had no means of actually paying back. He took those billions of dollars and started other companies like BlockFi, Voyager, took ownership stakes in Robinhood. But don't forget about Alameda Research. SBF lied to people and said he was selling them cryptos like BTC. But what they were really buying was a smile, a virtual handshake, and an I promise the money is there, bro. Like all banking institutions, as long as not everyone shows up... I apologize. As long as not everyone shows up at the same time on the same day and asks for their money, the three-card Monty works. Except in this case, CZ, who is the founder and CEO of Binance, and not such a big fan of SBF because he was in the process of buying the company and discovered the state of the financials, so he ripped up the contract and then publicly hinted at the financial trouble and encouraged people in a not-so-subtle fashion to call in their chips, and In spite of SBF tweeting out on November 7th that FTX has enough to cover all client holdings, SBF didn't have enough money to pay everyone at once, and now his customers have lost everything. Where did all the money go, you ask? Well, $4 billion of that was misappropriated to try to save that failing hedge fund, Alameda Research, which is a felony. He spent $21 million on Super Bowl ads. $5 million for Joe Biden's political campaign, and $40 million in campaign donations. Now, there is a lot of discussion about FTX being a money laundering operation through its relationship with Ukraine and the U.S. taxpayer dollars. I want to say that I have no evidence that that is the case. I'm not saying it's not within the realm of possibilities given the timeline that everything has occurred and the names that are involved. As I mentioned, finding accurate information has been tricky. All of the following information that I am getting ready to give you, I have personally verified on the internet. Like you can go to these companies' websites, you can go to these people's Wikipedia pages, all of this information is correct. So on April 25th of 2019, Joe Biden announced his presidential campaign. 13 days later, SBF launches the FTX crypto exchange, Whether it is connected or coincidence, I cannot say. A notable mention here is that Sam Bankman Fried is the son of Barbara Fried, who is a Stanford professor and the co founder of the political fundraising organization called Mind the Gap. In addition to all of the above, Sam's brother, Gabe Bankman Fried, is the founder of Guarding Against Pandemics and was a legislative correspondent for the U.S. House of Representatives as well as an advisor two large political donors in the Democratic Party. Linda Fried, who is their aunt, is a WEF member, World Economic Forum, a member on the Global Agenda Council on Aging. SBF's father, Joseph Bankman, is also a Stanford professor who has lobbied on behalf of hedge fund managers in Congress. FTX head of ventures and commercial Amy Wu started with the Clinton Foundation years ago. Nishad Singh, FTX Director of Engineering, has spent over $8 million for Democratic candidates, and Obama's Commodity Futures Trading Commissioner, Mark Wetjen, was the head of FTX Policy and Regulation. None of that is, oh my god, this is a Democrat money laundering scheme. I also haven't had time to dig into the Ukraine element, so I did not talk about that here and I won't, but... It absolutely, most definitely proves that the marriage between finance and politics is going strong, and they're all incestuous and connected. The divide between the haves without doing jack shit to get it and the have nots who bust their ass every day could not be any clearer than what is going on through this entire scenario. I will continue to follow the story because I think it's worth paying attention to especially if it's being used to usher in legislation to force government regulation on cryptocurrency. With the Senate now in hand, Democrats are hoping for something that was almost unimaginable a week ago, keeping the House. Senator Catherine Cortez Masto was declared the winner over Republican Adam Laxalt late Saturday evening, securing Democrats at least a 50-50 split in the upper chamber. Even before the Georgia runoff in early December. After her win, all eyes now turn to the House. There are still 20 seats left uncalled, and Democrats have a legitimate, if narrow, chance of holding the lower chamber as well. In those uncalled races, Democrats would need to nearly run the table to keep the House. That remains unlikely, and Republicans are still favored to flip the chamber. But any majority for either party will likely be incredibly narrow. A major disappointment for the Republican Party was that was crowing about a red wave even on the morning of the election. And they should absolutely be ashamed of themselves. The economy and inflation were top things voters were concerned about. 75% of voters do not approve of the direction this country is going. Joe Biden only has a 41% approval rating. Congress only has a 23% approval rating. All you had to do was give some money to some candidates and tell independent voters what your solutions were to the problems that Americans are facing. No plan was put forward, and the money that was spent on key races was pennies compared to the Democrat opposition. Some key areas, Blake Masters, $9 million versus Mark Kelly's $73 million. Herschel Walker's $32 million. Rafael Warnock's $76 million, Adam Laxalt was $12 million, to Catherine Cortez Masto was $47 million, and Baldock was $2 million versus Hassan's $36 million. Now, don't get me wrong, quality of candidate matters, and that was certainly an issue for the Republicans. But when your opponent is outspending you at those levels, and they're willing to elect a dead person at 85%, as well as someone who is a stroke victim that can barely string two words together? Ronna McDowell should be fired immediately. Mitch McConnell should go enjoy retirement. The days of the uniparty old guard are over, and if you don't find a way to educate and appeal to young voters, rather than disparaging them, you're never going to win another election again. Pelosi acknowledged in the interview that she did that it would still be a steep climb for her party to win the House we'll see, was about all she offered in response to a question about the possibility. She added that she was disappointed by the outcomes of a handful of key House races in New York that Republicans flipped, which came after the Supreme Court threw out a map the Democrat-controlled legislature drew that favored their party. That four votes could make a difference at the end of the day, Pelosi said, but we haven't given up. She also declined to say if she would run for Speaker again should Democrats win. I can't believe the prospect of having to watch a decrepit vodka jaw drunkenly jostle her teeth around in her mouth while attempting to form a coherent sentence as the Speaker of the House again is real. Elon Musk is not giving up on his Twitter Blue subscription service and tweeted Saturday evening that it will likely be up again by the end of next week. That might, take some com- might make some companies nervous. Last week, trolls took advantage of the new service to impersonate various corporations. One, for example, pretended to be Eli Lilly and proclaimed, We are excited to announce insulin is free now, putting the pharmaceutical giant in a damage control mode. Another pretended to be defense contractor Lockheed Martin and said the company would stop selling weapons in some countries. Including the U.S., Israel, and Saudi Arabia, the pranksters were able to easily pull off these stunts because under Twitter Blue, anyone can pay $8 for a blue check mark that, before Musk, indicated a notable company or individual identity had been verified, or they paid $10 to $15,000 for their blue check mark too. Twitter previously offered the verification for free. Lies. But it was only on pause. There's a lesson that no one wants to really admit to, and I've made this point on Twitter, but I'll make it here too. It is your responsibility to do your due diligence to verify the information that you consume. Something as simple as taking the extra, st- extra step to look at the profile of any of these accounts in question would probably go a really long way. Parity accounts force you to think in ways that verified accounts do not. How many verified accounts told you that if you don't wear a mask and get jabbed in your arm 50 times, that you're going to kill everyone's grandmother? How many people took that at face value merely because those accounts had a special blue check mark next to their name? Musk has warned Twitter cannot survive on advertising alone and needs to boost subscription revenue to survive, suggesting that bankruptcy is a possibility in the recession that he thinks is coming. In a Q&A session with employees on Thursday, Musk said he still had recession PTSD from keeping PayPal and Tesla alive during very tough years, referring to post-traumatic stress disorder. Ad sales account for 90% of Twitter's overall revenue, And advertisers, for their part, have continued to steer clear of Twitter since Musk's $44 billion takeover. General Motors, United Airlines, General Mills, and others have paused advertising on the platform, worried about brand safety as Musk, a self-described free speech absolutist, makes his changes. The use of racial slurs and other offensive material spiked on Twitter after Musk took control. Dirk Van De CEO of Mondelez International, one of the largest food and beverage companies, told Reuters on Tuesday, What we've seen recently since the change on Twitter has been announced is the amount of hate speech increased significantly. We felt there is a risk our advertising would appear next to the wrong messages. Okay, in the feed? In the feed? Is that where it's appearing next to the wrong messages? Because the only message is what's in your advertisement. But I digress. With the companies nervous about both Twitter blue trolls and risky advertising on the platform, much attention will be focused on how exactly the social network hampers or prevents impersonation once the subscription service restarts, which Musk has said should be the end of this week. The company started to offer official labels last week for some accounts, but their distribution seemed arbitrary and they soon disappeared. There are no sacred cows in product at Twitter anymore, tweeted Esther Crawford. A Twitter employee who's been working on the verification overhaul, she added, Elon is willing to try lots of things. Many will fail, some will succeed. How do you stop a cow from burping? It might sound like the start of a humorous riddle, but it's the subject of a huge scientific inquiry in New Zealand, and the answer could have profound effects on the health of the planet more specifically. The question is how to stop cows, sheep, and other farm animals from belching out so much methane, a gas which doesn't last as long as carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, but is apparently 25 times more potent when it comes to global warming. Because cows can't readily digest the grass that they eat, they ferment it in multiple stomach compartments or rumen, a process that releases huge amounts of gas. Every time somebody eats a beef burger or drinks a milkshake, it comes at an environmental cost. The amount of loathing that I have for people trying to take meat off of my plate grows exponentially with every one of these articles that I read, by the way. New Zealand scientists are coming up with some surprising solutions that could put a big dent in those emissions. Among the more promising are selective breeding, genetically modified feed, methane inhibitors, and a potential game-changer, a vaccine. Nothing is off the table from feeding the animals more seaweed to giving them a kombucha-style probiotic called Kalbucha. One British company has even developed a wearable harness for cows that oxidizes methane as it's burped out. In New Zealand, the research has taken on a new urgency. Because farming is central to the economy, about half of their nation's greenhouse gas emissions come from farms, compared to less than 10% in the U.S. I, like, what do they have? Do they have just a big net... Over all of these places to monitor how much methane is entering the environment that's New Zealand's five million people are outnumbered by 26 million sheep and 10 million cattle, as part of a push to become carbon neutral. New Zealand's government has promised to reduce methane emissions from farm animals by up to 47 percent by 2050. Last month, the government announced a plan to begin taxing farmers for animal burps a world-first move that has angered many farmers. Oh man, all sides are hoping they might catch a break from science. Yes, you heard that correctly. They're going to tax farmers for cow burps. I don't believe there's any other place that has the breadth of ambition that New Zealand has in terms of the range of technologies being investigated in any one place. Uh, said Peter Jansen, who is a principal scientist at Ag Research, which is a government-owned company that employs about 900 people. He's been working on developing a vaccine for the past 15 years and has focused intensively on it for the past five years. He said it has the potential to reduce the amount of methane belched by cows by 30% or more. I certainly believe it's going to work because that's the motivation for doing it, he said. Because that's always how it works, right? Well, I want to, so it's going to. A vaccine would stimulate an animal's immune system to produce antibodies, which would then dampen the output of the methane-producing microbes. One big upside of a vaccine is it would likely only need to be administered once a year, or even perhaps once in an animal's lifetime. Oh, good. More new experimental vaccines in animals. This should go over really well. But other technologies such as selective breeding, which could reduce methane output by 15%, will be rolled out onto sheep farms as early as next year, Jensen said. A similar program for cows may not be too far behind. Scientists have for years been testing sheep in chambers to start differences <clears throat> I'm sorry, to chart differences in how much methane they belch. The low emitters have been bred and produced low-emitting offspring. Scientists have also been tracking genetic characteristics common to low-emitting animals that make them readily identifiable. I think one of the areas that New Zealand scientists particularly have made some great progress in this whole area of animal breeding, and particularly a lot of research has been done in breeding low-emission sheep. Another target is the food that animals eat, which scientists believe has the potential for reducing methane output by 20 to 30%. At one greenhouse on the campus, scientists are developing genetically modified clover. Visitors must wear booties and medical scrubs and avoid putting down objects to prevent any cross-contamination. However, New Zealand has strict rules that ban most genetically modified crops, a regulatory barrier that scientists will need to overcome if they're to introduce the modified feed to the nation's farms. Lol. Government ineptitude has fun ways of shining through. Reduce the methane. Okay, we'll make this special food, which I don't agree with, by the way. Okay, except you can't do that because that breaks one of our other rules that we have. Um, and then playing God with with like selective breeding and all of that stuff. Like, come on, man. Is this really what... You're flying around in private jets all over the world and you're worried about how much cows are burping. But the reason that I wanted to talk about this story is things that happen in other places are never too far off from our own shores if they're adopted. So that is your Monday edition of everything yesterday this morning. I hope you guys have a great day and I will see you tomorrow. If you like today's show, be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. Also, please don't forget to check out ShouseInTheHouse.com and never forget that free men do not need permission from any government. Have a great day.